You've found an encore presentation of the Taxi Stand Hour. Catch John and Ed as they broadcast live weekly, and join the conversation. Go to RadioTFI.com for schedules, information, and more. And now, enjoy the show. You found the Taxi Stand Hour. Will you Who shut up, man? On Radio TFI. Join the conversation. You can reach the guys at 754-800-CHAT. 754-800-2428. On Twitter, at Taxi Standard. From a pay phone, call collect. So most people have a fear of acquiring the virus. I think a good way of doing it is to imagine that you do have the virus. Yeah? And change your behavior so that you're not transmitting it. Don't think about changing a behavior so you won't get it. Think about changing a behavior so you don't give it to somebody else. Those of you who can't, uh, there we are. Hi there, everybody. From the uh, from the Northern Command Studio in Egan, Minnesota, I am John Shannon. Thanks again here for being another part of the, this day here with me on this Thursday, November 12th of 2020. There is, we have quite a bit, quite a bit to uh, stammer about here. And right about right now, folks, I'm going to do something a little odd. I'm going to play a tune here because I have an important phone call to come in. Here's Stevie Wonder from 1976. Well, we got enough of that, I guess, for right now. Uh, sorry about that interruption there, folks. Um, I it was had to field that call from 
the lovely Granny Annie, who unfortunately is still in the hospital uh, here now. This will be her third week at uh, at the hospital there. So when I got a phone call from her at this time, I, well, I better answer that. So, oh, well, they don't like the fact that I played a little music there at the streaming services. Oh, well, sue me. <laughs> Well, thanks again, everybody, for hanging with me here uh, again on the Taxi Stand Hour on Radio TFI and the Radio TFI Streaming Network. I actually got quite a bit here that I want to uh, talk about here today. Um, I, I'm almost a little unsure where I want to start, to be, to be honest with you here, because there are a lot of important things going on. I think Seeing as how um, Professor Medley always uh, leads us in the show here, I think I want to talk a, a little bit about the virus first off. Um, the numbers the numbers just keep growing. As of earlier today, looking at uh, this is from a source ran by the uh, AP. Total. Uh, Total confirmed uh, cases now running over 10.5 million, doggone near 10.6 million people, with 125 new cases uh, uh, just today alone. Oh, we're, but hey, there's good news. There was oh, there was over 143,000 cases yesterday. So hey, we're we're making progress here, folks. Uh, 242,000 deaths uh, this uh, or today, excuse me, so far, I'm sorry, 242,000 deaths so far, 600 or excuse me, 821 today. That's down, thank goodness, that's down quite a bit from 2,100 deaths from yesterday's. Anybody have any questions on whether or not this is for real? Any questions on that? I I find it I find it amazing that people still to this day doubt it. You know, maybe there's you know because it's affecting eighteen to thirty um, five year olds right now, and it doesn't seem to be affecting them quite as bad, although. Uh, bad enough. I mean, you know, six or eight hundred and some deaths uh, today has to be pretty damn bad. I mean, I, I I've said this a lot. Of, I've said this many many times. Since when is the number of deaths when you start just tra tracking it like a statistic and you talk about two hundred and forty two thousand deaths since this started? And, and you start talking like that's okay. Oh, that's okay. Only 242,000 people have died from this. If you had a single event that killed 242,000 people, you killed that many people in a single event, you would, uh, this would be, we'd all be in a, we'd be, all be in a crisis here. But unfortunately, what's happened is, is, as much as this virus has been a has proven to be a killer and has affected many many lives 
it's also inconvenient. Oh, I can't go to the bar. I, I can't go to the gym. Heaven forbid I might grow some love handles here or something. Oh, my. I can't, I can't uh, celebrate with my uh, uncles and aunts for Thanksgiving because I might give them the virus. Oh, this is such an inconvenience. Look, folks. I, I am a firm believer in getting this knocked out, whatever it takes at this point in time. We've tried to do, as a country, as a nation, we've tried to, to level things off a little bit, still letting businesses open. And I get it. Look, I... My industry has even been affected by this, and a good lion's share of what I do are is is medical transportation. But a lot of that is also uh, elective surgeries, uh, same day surgeries type thing. People that go for counseling, which has been canceled because they don't want to meet or go face to face. This has affected me too, folks. It's affected everybody. But you know what's even more important to me? That not only has it affected me financially, it's affected me personally. Granny Annie, about uh, two and a half, three months ago, came down with the virus. She found out when she was in the hospital that she had it. Was, was hospitalized for an entirely different situation. Just happened to find out she had it. I have three other family members now in my household. Well, I should say two in my household and one of my other family members that lives lives somewhere else but comes over to the house quite a bit. So I have three family members who also have the virus, including the guy that runs the joint, baby Oliver, two and a half years old. He has the virus. It's, 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 it's unbelievable, and it's sad. And it's sad that people to this day still think that this is a big inconvenience. It's nothing more than an inconvenience. Oh, I got, oh, well, I got a cold. So it didn't affect you, and I'm happy it didn't affect you like it maybe affected other people. I'm happy for that. There are still people, and there are people who are, in their quote-unquote prime of their lives that are getting struck down by this. Not as many, thank goodness, not as many. But there are still too many people, too many people that are dying. One less person, one less person at that Thanksgiving table in a lot of cases, strictly because of this disease, this virus. Um, I'll tell you, somebody come up with a pretty, uh, Biden's team is already hard at work. It's, it's funny because Biden appointed, uh, uh president-elect Biden, uh, um, appointed a group of individuals already to kind of be his, uh, task force when it came to the, uh, uh, coronavirus. And one of them, 
And I'm going to hurt myself here because I can't for the life of me remember his name. And the guy uh, is, uh, oh, excuse me, That's silly of me, Dr. Mike Olsterholm. He's, a, he's an epidemiologist from the University of Minnesota. And he is on the uh, he's on the the task force, if you will, uh, for president president elect Biden, and we are he's already ready to hit hit the ground running. Osterholm says that you know it would be a good idea. Let's lock let's lock everything down four to six weeks. We find the money to help people who would be put out, the workers who would be shut down by this. He's He's got a thought with this. There's already, there's already good minds going to work and saying, what can we do to slow this thing down, stop this thing until we have a, we have a um, vaccine available. Oh, and is, is Trump, Pissing his britches now because they just, as soon as <laughs> two days after the election, now Pfizer. And if I don't know if we've mentioned this or not, if we mentioned this at all on uh, on two on the Monday show, that um, there's a a vaccine that looks like it may be available here by the early part of uh, of uh, 2021 that is right now showing to have a 90% effective rate. Wow, would, wouldn't that be sweet? So Dr. Osterholm is suggesting, okay, let's shut this thing down, except for the very, very, very essential businesses, grocery stores, uh, obviously hospitals and what have you. Transportation, I'm assuming, would still be a essential service, especially medical type transportation. Yeah, no, no rest for the wicked for me. I wouldn't mind to tell you the truth. I've worked all the way through this pandemic, pandemic, except for the point in time when I was hospitalized myself, I should mention non COVID related. Uh, hell, I'd, I'd love to actually take a little bit of time off for that. Um, I think it's a great idea. I, I think it is a fantastic idea. I think that, uh, but people do need it. Is you're not going to be able to give somebody uh, a one-time twelve hundred dollar check and think that's going to hold them over. Hell, that is in, in a lot of cases that isn't even a rent payment. Um, it might be spendy, but these are these this these are tough times right now, folks. These are not just tough, unprecedented times right now. And it's sad, sad beyond belief that the that people are still thinking that this is this was all a big conspiracy. This is all a big conspiracy to upend the apple cart, if you will, there for one uh, for one Donald Trump. 
And look, I, I'll tell you something right now. And forgive me if you, if you don't agree with me. Forgive me if you don't agree with me. I'm sorry. I would, if this virus were to end a month ago, two months ago, six months ago, I'd put up with another four years of Donald Trump if, if, if this virus would go away. I don't want to see people dying like this. I don't want to see people get sick like this. I don't want to see my family members, my two-and-a-half-year-old grandson, I don't want to see him get sick and be sick like this. Now, fortunately, he doesn't seem like he has symptoms too bad. I haven't checked in with his mama yet. I don't. I don't know the whole story as far as how he is uh, how he is progressing. I, I do intend to find out here after the show. I would love to see this over. Like I said, I I put up with four more years of Donald Trump if this could by some miracle could uh, could end tomorrow. Seven five four eight zero zero chat seven five four eight zero zero two four two eight is the number. If you want to send me a message here, also uh, on one of our streaming services, whether it be uh, Facebook, YouTube, or the Periscope via Twitter, feel free to uh, feel free to join into the conversation. I'd, I'd love to love to have you. Love to talk to you here. Uh I think there might be a sign that Donald Trump might be ready to throw in the towel for this uh, for this election. And uh, while he'll never, uh, President-elect Biden will never get a phone call or congratulations or whatnot. Uh, this uh, this, according to I believe it is the business uh, businessinsider.com. Uh, President Trump has told allies he plans to run for president in 2024, according to a report, and could announce his candidacy by the end of next month. Trump is excuse me, continuing to publicly refuse to accept defeat in last week's election, and his team has filed several lawsuits in key states that helped President-elect Biden secure his victory. Trump, however, has told his allies he plans on run to run in the next U.S. presidential election and could announce his intention this year. So there you go. I think, okay, so Trump's talking about running or, or running again. Well, let, let's, let's face it. You can't, uh, you can't, um, you can't run for a third term. As I realize he's mentioned it, but maybe he, maybe it's finally the it's finally set in. Well, like I said, and I think I think that people up and down the aisle pretty much agree with me. He's not going to just tap out and say, you know, congratulations, congratulations, uh, Joe Biden. Nobody's going to come right out and say that. There, it's it's sad. More and more people are 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 coming out and telling him 
or, or not telling him so much. Nobody's going to tell him to his face, but they're starting to uh, business insider even uh, uh, mentioned here that uh, uh, Geraldo Rivera, who has been one of the uh, most vocal supporters of uh, Trump, uh, at least on the Fox News uh, circuit, he tweeted out suggesting that Trump should uh, should accept the defeat. Let's see. Let's find the exact uh, exactly what he said here. Uh, it looks like he sent a, I don't know if this is by tweet. I think this was a, a tweet. He said, dear Donald Trump, my honored friend, you fought an incredible battle versus all odds and curse of, uh, oh my God, I can't even say this word, <laughs> a bad disease. Appearing to, um, you and the backstabbers and our enemies Remade the world in peace and and prosperity. You came so close. Time coming soon to say goodbye with grace and dignity. Sorry, I couldn't. Had to pretty much go verbatim with that at the end. But that was Gerardo Rivera. Now, you know, the man who found that big uh, gold mine uh, a number of years in Al Capone's uh, vault there. But nonetheless... Uh, he is, in so many words, calling on, uh, excuse me, calling on Trump to resign with uh, dignity. But yet, there's enough people on Fox News, you know, you still have Tucker Carlson and uh, Lou Dobbs. They're still, they're still uh, beating the, uh, beating the drum of the, uh, uh, fraud and all and what have you, and so far I I, I don't have to tell you this. Folks have, uh, have been watching the news. I'm sure you see what I see. You know, judges they they throw something at a judge. Judge says, "Get this garbage out of here." There's there's nothing to this. Hey, hi Tom, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I got. Tommy Shaw here again, uh, coming to me this time during the, uh, during the, uh, oh, what do I want to say? He, he's only, he's watching through Facebook this time around. That's what I want to say. He says, I'm late to the party. How am I? Well, personally fine, but, uh, as you were a party to hearing, uh, uh, as you were a party to hearing here, uh, uh, on, uh, Monday, uh, I might be okay, but uh, my family members, uh, not so much when it comes to the virus here. And uh, so here's another person. If you if you weren't listening on uh, if you weren't listening on Monday, uh, my my good friend Tom Shaw here, he has the he's recovering from the virus. At this point in time, does anybody can anybody honestly say? that they don't either know or are related to somebody that hasn't been affected by this. Uh, you know, I hate to bounce back and forth this, to this, but I just, I can't help this. This is, every one of these doctors had said, we are getting ready to go through hell, through coronavirus hell. This is, 
This is the dark time that they were talking about back in the summer. Back in the summer, you know, us uh, us Willie or Lily White Northerners, you know, we could be outside and catch a little sun and what have you. But now, you know, we've already had 15 inches of snow for the since uh, uh, mid October and have already uh, um, had temperatures down under 20. So it's getting cold here. People around here, unless you've got uh, snowmobile suits on or whatever, uh, unless you got, you know, something like that, or you live in the southern, uh, in the uh, southern part of the U.S., uh, I didn't know my phone was ringing there, whoever said answer, or Mr. Van Ness. Oh, if you go ahead and call again, I guess. Because I missed your call. <laughs> so go ahead and call back again there, Ed. I, uh, there he is. And you are caller number 10. Too bad you got to be caller 20 to win this prize. Oh, hold on. Hold the phone. Hold the phone just a minute here. I am literally holding the phone. I bet you are. I can hear you now. Oh, goody. Goody. Well, good evening, kids and kittens. And, uh, John, I have a list of things for you, some uh, corrections, some modifications for you. Number one, uh, I was not aware of uh, Chairman Oliver and his condition. Uh, that upsets me greatly. Just found out yesterday. Uh, Okay, fair enough. I'm uh, uh, number two. Uh, you can run twice for president. You can only be elected twice. You can run any number of times. You don't have to be elected consecutively. Yeah, I'm aware of that. Oh, he well, can, said that he, he can like run Trump again. Running for a, yeah, he, but you made it sound like Trump was running for a third term in 2024. Well, but you see, the thing is, is if you believe his, uh, if you believe his mindset, he, um, if you believe his mindset, he still thinks he won in uh, 2020. Well, he thinks we own 10 or 12 years. Well, you know. And, 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 and as always, as always, you got to read this stuff before you come on the air, man. I was busy. You're always busy. That's right. You, you hit it on the you you hit it on the head. And by the way, I I, I read a little bit about your uh, your guy there suggesting the four to six week lockdown. I can't say I disagree with him. I I think but it's a hell of an time, idea. But this time it has to be everybody across the country under the same rules. The last time it wasn't so much. And uh, we didn't get anything done. But anyway, that's all I have to say for tonight. You mean you're at a loss for words after that? No, I'm not at a loss for words, but I needed to uh, just just bring a couple things to your attention. That's you, it. You, you go just about love the idea of being able to call in and correct me, even though, oh, I swear to God, some oh, days. It's, oh, it's, it's exciting. It's, oh, uh, I know. It, it, it gets the little hairs on the back of my neck standing up. Yeah, well, the life of a bachelor, I guess, is all you can say. What can I tell you? And with that, see ya! All right, bye. <laughs>
Mr. Ed Van Ness, I was wondering what took him so long. <laughs> so anyway, 754-800-CHAT, 754-800-2428. If you uh, want to get on, that, that particular line is open now. Uh, by the way, uh, Tom uh, Tommy Shaw did, did um, uh, reply. He said there's not, not very many people he knows uh, that have not been affected one way or another by this virus. Yeah, it, it is becoming so common. It, it, I, I am surprised personally. I went, I went and actually had a test done. It would be my fourth test. Uh, previous three have all been negative. Um, but I do have it, you know, what I do right now is I, I do wind up taking a lot of people who are, who either have the virus or are suspected to have the virus. But, you know, there again, in my, my vehicle, I got the shield up. I'm wearing my mask. My people, uh, people don't get in my car without wearing a mask. And by the way, when you're putting them, when they have the mask on, I don't want to see the damn thing down by your chin. Your chin or your goatee isn't breathing at me. It's your mouth and your blowhole. Yeah, the, the, we were all kind of, uh, Tom, we were all kind of shocked. He's sorry. He said he's sorry to hear about baby Oliver. Uh, yeah, we were all a little shocked by that one. But uh, like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to, when I get done with the show here, I'm going to uh, uh, call and uh, check and see how he's doing as far as symptoms and uh, and what have you here. But so let's see what else we got here real quick to uh, there's actually quite a bit of stuff here that um, that came across the uh, old board here while I was uh, 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 looking and preparing for the show. Uh, it looks like Biden, uh, uh, President-elect Biden has. God, that sounds so good. I, I can't tell you in four years of the Trump administration. Oh, he's your president. Your president. Well, that's whatever. Apparently, President-elect Biden has selected Ron Klain, uh, who has been had a leading role in uh, the uh, administer during his administration as vice president. Uh, he is going to be the White House chief of staff, so he's going to have to. He needed somebody that's going to be able to hit the ground running. And I, you know, although I've, I, I can't honestly say I've ever heard of this man. Uh, yes, I did actually do a little reading on this particular story, Ed, and I think this is probably going to be a good fit there for the uh, for the Biden administration, White House Chief of Staff. Oh my goodness, my goodness! Let's see what else do we have here to uh, to. Uh, Oh, well, we got somebody uh, with uh, causing some grief here in uh, Minnesota. Uh, this is this story is from a couple of a uh, couple of days ago. Uh, a man that who identified as a supporter of President Donald Trump used a golf club to assault an older couple sitting by a political sign in White Bear Lake. That's a suburb of uh, of uh, the Twin Cities here. Mark Anthony Olisker, 50 years old of Lionel Lakes, is charged with one count of second-degree assault, one count of fourth-degree assault of a police officer, 
and one count of threats of violence, according to a criminal complaint filed Tuesday in the Ramsey County District Court. Swing at a golf golf club at a couple of 80-year-olds just because he didn't like their damn, uh, didn't like their political sign. And you wonder, you wonder why people, I know that there are people who voted for Trump who are, you know, let's face it, Trump got, uh, uh, got a ton of votes himself. This was this election was great. We had turnout, unbelievable turnout. It just so happened that just, you know, only 5 million more people in this country turned out for Joe Biden than they did for Donald Trump. Hey, better luck next time. <laughs> but uh No, we What the hell? 80-year-old, once 80, once 78, attacking them with a golf club? And like I was going to say, there are people who voted for Trump. Some of them are disappointed or upset. Some of them are disappointed. Some of them voted for Trump thinking for whatever reason he was a better choice than Joe Biden. But I'm pretty, pretty sure that at least two-thirds to uh, three-quarters, if not more, of those people had no intention, no, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go beat up a liberal, or I'm not, and you know, you identify as a, you know, if you have a, a Biden bumper sticker on your car, I'm not going to smash in your taillights or anything like that. I'm sure there was plenty of that. Uh but where where do people get off thinking that this type of thing is okay? First off, this was passed. This the election was already over, as far as I understand. In the this, this election was already over. You know, people have a certain amount of time to get their signs out of their off their yard off their uh, lawn in order to uh, you know to stay within the law. So where does this guy get off? This, this is just, you know, it makes me want to go out. I, I don't do that because I don't wear, you know, the only thing I actually wear that has a logo of, on it of any kind is I, I have one shirt that has a Twins logo, Minnesota Twins logo on it, and I have a base, I have a Twins baseball cap. I don't wear uh clothing that has that has that uh you know has that on it so i don't draw attention to myself that way one way or another although i i seem to know i'm going to have a taxi stand our baseball cap coming in the mail before too long it might uh it might arrive by next spring training but you know hopefully it'll arrive sooner than that uh Tom, I, I read your text here. Uh, it's saying that lockdowns only work if people stick to them and there is actual punishment for uh, breaching it. I agree with you. I, I, and unfortunately, we're a little, unfortunately here, we're a little shorthanded when it comes to an enforcement. But, you know, there are regulatory officers out there that can, you know, hand hand out tickets, you know. All it takes, all it takes is would be to uh, 
hand a ticket to the proprietor of the uh, of, of the um, of the bar or restaurant or whatever, and it would only take once that he'd make sure he'd insure it. He'd ensure that um, that the, the rules were being met. The uh, the thing is, is this stuff can be enforced. Look at how much uh, when uh, the um, when the drinking age. Well, not even the drink. Let's go to the smoking age. When the smoking age went from from uh, eighteen to twenty one. You had enforcement going out there. You know, you had them uh, going into these stores. You know, they'd, uh, they'd, they'd send somebody in there younger, somebody to look like they were 18 or under, or under 21 at least, going in there trying to buy smokes. And if they weren't carded, uh, they'd find out in a hurry. They'd wind up, uh, oh, man, you sell smokes to somebody underage? Whoo! They are they are all over that. I've seen uh, I've seen the state not I don't, it hasn't been Minnesota so much, but I've seen other states where they shut down stores, or at least they shut down where they can they have to lock up their cigarettes. They cannot sell them now. You can make the argument one way or another about raising a smoking age from eighteen to twenty one because I'll I'll tell you this much: if you're old enough to vote. If you're old enough to fight and die in a war, you should be able to light up a damn cigarette if you want to. And I don't smoke. I've never smoked. I don't have a dog in this fight. But you should be able to. So you can have that argument if you want. But that is what the law is. And if you don't like the law, fight to get it changed. But in the meantime, okay, Send in enforcement. You don't have to send the cops in to start busting heads or, or, or whatever. Just send some guy that, uh, you know, he walks in the bar. He sees too many people, uh, sees too many people uh, gathering around and not social distancing, standing up to the bar and whatever. You just walk in. You just kind of write your own, write the ticket or do whatever you got to do. Enter the information in your little, in your little keypad. Print out the ticket, boom, slap it on the bar, and away you go. Um, it was, it's going to be next to impossible. I will say this. It's going to be next to impossible to enforce anything in somebody's private home as far as a gathering. All you can do is hope that enough people are getting this message to understand and not have big gatherings for Thanksgiving or I hate to say it, maybe even Christmas. Um, so there, you're going to have, it's it's going to be really, really hard to enforce, uh, like I said, for um, for the, uh, for house gatherings and what have you. Uh, outdoor gatherings, well, you know, there, there's something, there's something in its own right there too. Uh, there are a lot of places, you know, Texas and Florida and, you know, the places in the Sun Belt, California, where they're having outdoor parties and outdoor gatherings. And they're getting their, they're getting together and uh, they are, uh, 
You, you walk up and tag people there. And again, it doesn't have to be a cop. All it has to do is if it's a private house, you you hand out a ticket. You don't have to don't have to say two words. Can I, you know, can I speak to the can I speak to the owner of the property? Can I speak to the leaseholder of the property? You got too many people here gathered, not uh, not masking, not showing any protocol. Boom, here's your ticket. $500 later. You know, hey, if these people, if they want to chip in, if they're having a big party, they want to chip in 10 bucks a piece to cover the ticket. Well, you know, it wasn't the intention. It isn't the intent of these uh, of these governments to make this a, a money grab. This is an intent to try to pe get people to mask up, use a little common sense, stay six feet apart. You know, if you live if, if you live in an area where, like I said, California, Arizona, Texas, uh, New Mexico, you live in those southern parts of the country, um, you got it lucky. You got it lucky right now. You can still go outside. You can go out in the backyard, you know, gather six, seven people in a backyard, hell, have a little bonfire at night, do what you, you know, do what you got to do, have some fun or whatever, have a few beers. You guys are lucky. Up here, up north, we're pretty much stuck inside now at this point in time. Yeah, we do have a few hardy fools that like to, that like to uh, get outside and ski and snowmobile and what have you. That's one for you. Snowmobile. Let's create our own windshield. You know, going 30, 40, 50 miles an hour in a damn uh, snowmobile. Let's cr create a little windshield for ourselves while we're at it. <laughs> oh, some people, some people are hardy. Some people are foolhardy. But, you know, I, I'm getting off topic with that. Just be careful. Use a little, use a little common sense. That, that's all I can, I can really say. That's all I can really ask. Oh, here's what I'll I'll uh, I'll close with. So, former President Obama wrote in a new memoir that he believes his presidency unearthed a racist underbelly within the American electorate that contributed to President Trump's political success. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy! I'm sorry, President Obama. <laughs> I could have told I could have told you that a week after uh, you took office, my friend. Do you remember when Obama was uh, elected in 08? Do you remember? He hadn't even taken the oath of office yet when all of a sudden you were hearing about these guys. They called themselves Tea Party Patriots, and they were you didn't see a black person in the group there. Obama hadn't even taken the damn oath of office. And what it did is it brought out the people who were real uncomfortable with having a black man as the president of the of the president of this country. And that is what brought Donald Trump out. Donald Trump jumped on that and said, "Hey, you know, I could make up a conspiracy about uh uh about the uh about uh 
Obama's nationality? Is he really is he really an American citizen? Was he really born in this country? I could I could play I could start that uh, conspiracy theory and that I could run I could ride that like a wave, man. And boy, people took that and run. Little to know, little to you know that uh, Donald Trump would have a lot more conspiracy theories up his sleeve, including uh, one here just uh, just uh, not even a week ago, right? Uh, right at a little more than a week ago, right after the election. So, excuse me, had to take a drink of water, as you can tell, folks. Yeah, I, I we we knew this. I mean, I I don't know. Ed could probably dispute this with me, but I think that that Ed disagrees with me on this. I think that uh, it did it uh, when that's what brought people out of the woodwork was it it well what happened was it brought these ro roaches out of the woodwork once. President Obama was elected, and when he, as he served his served his two terms in office, when Trump ran and Trump won, that now all of a sudden they're out of the woodwork. Now they can stand proud because there's, hey, there's one just kind of like us. Now, again, I, other than you could use the term complicity. I've never really said that that Trump in his own right is a racist. But when you enable racists like he has, I guess, you know, if you look at it by definition, that makes him a racist. But neither, neither here nor there. He what Trump is in my eyes and always has been is an opportunist. I've said I've said too. That if there's a little different set of circumstances, and if he thought that he could uh, get by Hillary Clinton in the, in the uh, primaries, because uh, Democrats are a little smarter, they see through crap like that. Hillary Clinton was a fairly strong candidate within the Democratic ranks. Uh, he could have never gotten past that, but if if there was a weaker Democratic candidate. If, if Trump thought he would have had a better chance, he would have, and, and like I said, if the shoe would have been on the other foot, he would have ran as a Democrat. Nobody, I, I don't know. I, I don't think he'd have, he would have won the nomination as a Democrat because like I said, I personally think the Democrats are a little bit too smart for that. Doesn't mean he wouldn't try though, folks. Not at all. So yes, President, uh, President, former President Obama has uh, come out in his uh, latest memoir and said uh, that uh, Trump that he jumped on an opportunity. Trump was uh, uh, while Obama was in office. Trump was one of the preeminent promoters of the so-called birther movement, a conspiracy alleging that Obama was born in Kenya and embraced. Uh, by some of the members of the Republican Party and the conservative media at the time. You remember, you remember, um, I don't know how many people listening even know who he is, Hank Williams Jr. I remember when 
I was I was a nutso Hank Jr. fan. Hell, every time he come into town, I went to one of his concerts. Very, very talented man. Very talented. But Hank Jr. come out, and Kid Rock has pretty much done the same thing too, cut from the same cloth, uh, coming right out and, and saying that Obama is our enemy. Obama is our enemy. I don't even know. I, I honestly don't know anybody who has come out in so many words on national, on, on national TV and has called Donald Trump the enemy. So when, when you Trump supporters are all gathering and having your bottle of wine, and I'm spelling that W-H-I-N-E, when you get together, think about it for a little bit. You think about how unfairly Donald Trump was treated. Look no further than President Barack Obama. Look no further than that man. He was abused by the general public probably more than any other president that I can remember. But yet he was but yet he was still beloved by as far as I'm concerned he was beloved by the people that mattered to tell you the truth the people who were serious about trying to get things done for the betterment of this country and I'll still say to this day that uh, uh, Obama Obama left some very big shoes to fill that God I even hope that Joe Biden can come close to to filling them at least uh, at least we know that uh, you know he kind of cut from the same, kind of cut from the same cloth. I guess I like using that all of a sudden here. But so, I think last but not least here, uh, I'll I'll leave you with this: um, a judge is uh, hearing arguments now on Thursday today uh, whether to release the two men who were accused of killing uh, Ahmed Arbery, the black man that was shot uh, while jogging on Friday. Arbery, 25, was killed in Brunswick, Georgia on February 23rd. He tried to run for his life before he was struck by a car, shot, then called a racial slur by one of the suspects, according to prosecutors. Uh, Catham County Superior Court Judge Timothy Walmsley heard testimony from several witnesses for Travis McNeil and his father, Gregory McMichael. Excuse me, it's McMichael, not, Mc, uh, not McNeil. McMichael, who described them as upstanding members of the community. But, but uh, prosecutors presented evidence of text and social media by the suspects in an effort to show how racism likely played a huge role in Arbery's death. Ah, Jesus. You want to say, okay, well, it was Georgia, but look at what happened in Orlando. Orlando. Look at what happened in Atlanta. Atlanta, that was was a great thing to see. Look how many people came out on the streets after after uh, Georgia was called for uh, for uh, Biden, oh my God, it was it was it was a beautiful thing to see. But yes, there are still some 
very, very pronounced areas of rednecks in in Georgia, and they can't help they, you know it can't help it for for what it is. And all I can hope is, is that they follow this by the letter of the law and not by some uh, not by some other garbage. Uh, by the way. And I did say that was the last thing, but that just gave me one more thought here. Oh, my God, do you think I might be able to complete a whole hour? Ooh, we could actually call this show the Taxi Stand Hour. Can you believe it? Uh, the one, one thing that was very nice about uh, the election was that after... On Saturday, when the announcement was made that Biden was declared the winner, all those people that that got out and came out in 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 Washington D.C., uh, Atlanta, Philadelphia, and a huge celebration. Now I'm going to tell you something. Yes, there were. Biden, the Biden-Harris ticket, excuse me, turned out a huge population of minorities, especially black women. There were, I mean, if you look at the demographics, and I wish I had set that up to see uh, who, you know, where the vote, where the vote lied, but you got to believe that because of the fact that Kamala Harris was on the ticket and had the potential to be the first woman of color to be elected to either vice president or vice president in this country. It's only going to be a matter of time now when, when Kamala Harris is going to be at the top of that ticket and is going to be, it's, it's going to, it's going to start. The, the door has been opened. Folks, now Hillary tried to break that quote-unquote glass ceiling uh, eight or four years ago, being the first woman to run for president. I look, I would, I voted for Hillary. I think that she would have been a good president, but she wasn't a very good campaigner. I tell you, every time Kamala Harris got into a room, the place lit up. You could just tell, and and you could. I saw the interviews. I saw the the TV spots where people were they you know people were holding their 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 daughter, their young daughter, and saying, "This could be you someday." And that doesn't necessarily mean if it's your if it's the first. Um, uh, if, if it's a woman of, if it's a little girl of color or, or, uh, you know, white or, or eight, any, you know, there were so many, uh, so many, uh, so many things that changed, just a huge chain. It was like a huge door swung open with this. Now, look, you know, we have had women, we had uh, we had a female vice presidential candidate, um, you know, Sarah Palin. Uh, I think times were different. I I don't know. Uh, 
But I will say one thing there for the Republicans. The Republicans are going to have to start diversifying a little bit. I mean, you had you had Ben Carson. But Ben Carson ran in 16. Yeah, I believe it was. You had Ben Carson running. Um, I, I don't understand why he didn't get much uh, traction. Uh, you had P uh, in, uh, what was it, 2012? You and I, I can't think of his name now, damn it. Um, he just passed away from COVID here not too long ago. Um, I'm not going to remember his name. I'm sorry. Uh, but he was the one that ran the uh, uh, ran Godfather's Pizza. I think he was the chairman of Gar Godfather's Pizza. Herman Kane. Thank you very much. Thank you, left side of my brain. Um, the uh, the Republicans better start getting a little color to him. Is all I can say, and and take it seriously. You know, Kamala Harris ran was up there on that stage. Um, with uh, on the debate stage, along with other women and and men, you had your first the first time you've had an openly gay man on the uh, running and did pretty well. Pete Buttigieg did pretty well. He finally faded off when once once it became clear that Biden was gonna was gonna take the lead in this thing. Then it's it, and I think that there'll be spots for. There'll be spots for a Pete Buttigieg. There'll be spots for, uh, there'll be spots for a, a spot for Elizabeth Warren if she so chooses. Amy Klobuchar has been talked about as far as a uh, cabinet position, although she says she's happy being a senator from the state of Minnesota. We'll see. We won't know until the offer is actually made. Well, folks, I've got fifty-seven minutes. Past the hour here on the Taxi Stand Hour on Radio TFI. I think that's going to be about it for me uh, for uh, for this week. I sure appreciate you hanging with me here. Uh, we will uh, we will do this again on Sunday. Now remember Sunday, Sunday, Sunday for the Mothership Show of the Taxi Stand Hour right here on Radio TFI and the Radio TFI streaming video streaming network so until then from the radio tfi northern command studio i'm john shannon and i got the money Keep on talking, you're gonna drive me insane. You keep on talking all around the clock. I'm begging you, baby, won't you please stop? You talk too much. I can't believe the things that you say. Every day. If you keep on talking, baby, you know you're bound to drive me away. Talking, baby, you know you're bound to drive me away. Yes, 
Yes, dear. 